whatever time of day it is you are listening. This is the PNA Podcast Express Quick Trip. Quick Trip. Quick Trip number doesn't matter. 48, I believe. 48. 1984 is all that matters. We've been reminiscing about it. We talked about it last podcast with Ghostbusters, the Detroit Tigers winning the World Series, but who could forget? Beverly Hills Cop came out in 1984 also. This is the song Axel F, one of my favorites. Axel Foley. You got it, buddy. It is Thanksgiving Eve, folks. It is, which means that about the time you're listening to this, two hours from now, Phil and I will be kicking off the busiest bar night of the year with some tunes, possibly some karaoke. Karaoke. Empty empty symphony. (laughs) Anyway, that's uh, that's what it's Japanese for. That was a meme. I don't think it's true. But anyway. Probably not. Axel F. There it is. We both did the same shimmy at the same time. How can can you not sit there and like not want to just like groove to this? 1984 was the greatest year ever. Oh, 1984 had some... Not only did this come out, but yeah. the uh, Van Halen 1984. Yes, of course. Great album. Probably came out in 83, but... Anyway, he's Adam Filkins. I'm Phil Nickel. You're listening to the PNA Podcast Express Quick Trip. And uh, there you go. You're mixing it. Mixing it. Scratch. Got to scratch. 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 You can email us at pnapodcastexpress at gmail.com or pineapplenipplearsole at gmail.com. Judge Reinhold I, in in Beverly Hills Cop, the what two of them? Two out of the three. My favorite judge, by the way. Yes, of every, judge, of every judge I've never met, he's my favorite. Would also be an acceptable if if people can get behind spend a day with Judge Reinhold. Um, I would be in. Yeah. Holy shit, he is he is like he is right there. Like he's not Gutenberg, but he's like ninety nine point nine percent. He's like the perfect Gutenberg substitute for me. How does this mash in with this? Look from your butthole headboard. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. I like it. Oh, I like that's it a great. lot. Oh. oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, the production value just keeps going up on this show. It's kind of nice talking over a music bed. It is. It is. It really is. I, I appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate it a lot, too. We, of course, had guests scheduled, and none of them show up anymore. No, we are yesterday's news, my friend. I guess. Nobody loves us anymore. Thank God Cookie showed up last week. I thank know, you, right? Cookie. He bailed us out. Cookie, thank you. Carried the show. I had nothing last week. Nothing. I had. I was on fumes, man. I was on fumes. I'd have been happy so to have So my fumes. favorite Judge Reinhold line ever in any movie is from Fast Times at Ridgemont High when he says, Mr., if you don't shut up, I'm going to kick 100% of your ass. What a great line. That's from 1982, though. That's going back a little further. Mister, if you don't shut up, I'm going to kick 100% of your ass. Still pretty solid. When he's talking about, oh, it says 100% guaranteed. And Judge Reinhold just pipes up. If you don't, sh- Mister, if you don't shut up, I'm going to kick 100% of your ass. So I said that to somebody one time, and they stopped, and it de-escalated the situation right on the spot. What is one of your favorite uh, 80s movies of all time? Oh, God damn it. I know it's a, it, there's a lot to choose from. Oh, it's got to be a con- so. <sighs> fuck, man, fuck, dude. 
And, and let's, it's got to be. So, can I give a, a roundabout top five, not classifying any five yeah, of them? Exactly. So, obviously, Revenge of the Nerds. Yes. Um, and then, of course, um, Beverly Hills Cop. Yep. A Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Okay. Solid. And Ghostbusters. And uh, there was another one that just popped in my head. Um, probably whatever. Mm, trying to think. I'm trying to think. There was one that really sticks in my brain and sticks in my craw that I loved. I mean, Breakfast Club. Just because of the what it did for everything. So for me, uh, Return of the Jedi. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I, I was going more for co- comedic and... Yeah, but yeah, Return of the Jedi, yeah, yeah. Um, Night of the Comet, which is kind of a B movie, right? But it was very good. It had a guy in it that it, it became. It wasn't popular. Like it wasn't. It was a low budget movie about basically a comet that goes by too close to the Earth. Okay, causes a bunch of radiation, turns people into cannibals. Oh, and, cannibal and people, people are always good. These people who try and survive, and there's a guy in it. I. I got to see if I can find the clip. See, and now, now that you mention it, if we're going to expand the genres beyond comedy, because I was in my brain, I was on comedy, but like anything from George C. Romero, any of the fucking Night of the Living Deads or anything like that, amazing in the 80s. Like the 80s was really the coming of age. Here's all you need to know about 80s music or movies, and I think you'll agree with me on this, Adam. Why are they remaking and re refranchising so many of those movies that were made in the 80s now? Because that was the pinnacle of when they were doing shit. Yeah. Well, and it was, you know, it, there's bound to be remakes made because there were so many great movies made before. And, right. you know, let's face it, these bastards are not very... Uh, creative? Creative anymore. So all they do is re reimagine, reinvent, and re recycle, for lack of a better term, anything now. We don't write anything original. When you make an original movie now... It's, it blows everybody's mind. And the sad part is, is this original movie, if you, could, if you could juxtapose it back in the 80s with everything going on then, it would be maybe either average or slightly above average. But now, since it's original, everybody thinks it's the, the greatest thing since sliced cheese. Like. Right, right. And so I, I got to go back to my top five. So I, Ghostbusters also right. makes my list. Right. Um, a movie called Better Off Dead. Oh, I love Better Off Dead. Which was also a Better Off Dead's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great movie. And then um, I would have to say in, in the scary movie genre, um, night, any of the Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, yeah. Dream Warriors was oh, yeah. un- underrated. Most people were like, oh, it's their third one. It's getting tired. No, that was a great, no, great No, not movie. tired at all. And it had a docking on the soundtrack. So I hated the 80s, personally, because for me, they were turbulent times of my youth because I don't know why. I just life, well, no decade's ever been great in my life. But the 80s for some reason I... Probably a lot of masturbation. <sighs> Late 80s, yeah. Yeah. But uh, Same. And sexual frustration. Um, early 90s especially. But um, the 80s are really like a cinematic revolution. Like if you look at music... Um, like obviously the music like for rock and roll for country i i feel like the 50s the 50s and there was a time in the like late 60s and early 70s and then of course the early 90s early to mid 90s like country music was like those are big times for country music for like rock and roll like the late 60s early 70s 
huge for rock and roll. And then like the they kind of hit a resurgence in the 80s for a little bit. And then cock rock came about, like stadium rock. And then the 90s. But like movies-wise, I mean, I know that everybody talks about all the cinematic classics were made, like, you know, uh, Citizen Kane. Um, what are some of the other ones they talk about? Um, oh, Here's looking at you, kid. But, I mean, those movies back in the day, I mean... Yeah. Yeah, what the fuck ever. Gone I mean, with the Wind, all Miracle that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But they were all classics back then because they only made like 10 they, movies They only a made year. 10 movies a year. and then but They the better 80s, be fucking good. But the 80s were really a stellar time for movies, I feel like. And then I feel like it kind of hit a lull, but then it picked up in the mid-90s with movies like Scream and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the music was really great in the 80s, too. I, I really, really liked a lot of 80s acts, you know. I really have a newfound... I always shunned off the 80s as far as music. I, I, I have a too. newfound appreciation for it. Now I can go back and listen to it, and it's like, wow, that guy was a great guitar player. Wow, he was a right. great vocalist. You know, and you see the resurgence of all these acts coming back out, but I do have the pinpoint of when 80s music died. Okay, go on. I, the band that I think killed the 80s... Go on. ...is this band... Do you recognize this band? Is this Warrant? No, this was Enough Z Enough. And they were so over the top 80s. Like, everything they wore was fluorescent colors, oh. zebra stripe. Just, and listen how over-processed this guy's vocals are and stuff. Right? He was not a good vocalist. No. And I, you know, I remember hearing from a, a my, another, my friend is a dick, and here's, here's my story, why. from Travis. Go on. Travis was was big, and he still is, big into finding new music, and and, uh, he's like, oh, we were in Saginaw, and he picked up this album, and he's like, dude, you gotta pick this up, these guys are the next big thing. And he was usually pretty right. He wasn't right on this one. And I'm like, Turbo, swing and a miss. Yeah. I mean, these guys were over the top, like, everything was fluorescent pink signs, or peace signs. Gross. And just, yeah, just awful in a lot of ways. And you can just tell, like, yeah, it was bad. It was bad. It's it's not good. No. They had another song uh, called uh, Fly High Michelle that was uh, pretty, uh, pretty over-processed as well. And I blame these guys for killing 80s music. It's like people were like... I think so. But, you know, so I read the greatest interview one time with... Uh, with Janie Lane from Warren. Yeah. And he talks about... So, yeah, listen Which to this. Warren didn't kill 80s music. No, 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 not at all. So, listen to this uh, piece of trash. Who produced this? I don't know. Uh, who would? Who in their Cher. right mind would say this is good? Yeah. Cher. I think it was Cher. I'm going to blame Cher. Like, it's a blatant money grab to produce this, I feel like. Yeah, well, these guys were like the boy band that... Right. Right, they were they were manufactured, weren't they? That they put in fluorescent spandex and uh, hopefully. Hey, uh, this will sell. Just look at his unit. Look at his unit. Look at it. Look at it. Just I don't look even, at it. I don't. I think that they. I don't even think that they stuffed their jock. No, they forgot the which potato. Is probably, goes in, the probably, potato goes in the front. Yeah, which is probably why they failed. So I'm gonna say so. So like, 
Janie Lane said one time, he goes, we just released Dog Eat Dog, which was a great album. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal a album. Fine album in its own. And he said, you know, when we released Cherry Pie, when we walked into Columbia Records, there's this huge poster of, of Warrant Cherry Pie. And he says, we released Dog Eat Dog, and I walk in on the day of our release to the uh, to the record company, and I'm expecting to see another, you know, Dog Warrant, Eat Dog, eat dog's dog ass, poster. yeah. And uh, he says, I walk in, and there's this poster up top. Alice in Chains, and I'm like, what the hell is that? You know, oh my God, <laughs> what, what in the hell is that? And he goes, I listened to it, and I'm like, oh, oh, shit. we're done. Yeah, he goes, our era is over. He goes, it was the new sound that I knew was so going to take everything over. Here's my theory too, like of all the bands from that era, I don't understand why Alice in Chains, Alice in Chains holds up better than any of them. And we're talking about, I mean, it's blasphemous, I know to say, but like Nirvana. Pearl Jam, any of that shit. Like, all the big ones that were huge. Am I wrong on this that Alice in Chains holds up better than any of them? Oh, it does. It was and better it, music. Wasn't it better? Yeah. I, You know, I loved Pearl Jam when they first came out, but it, yeah. it was so... The thing with Alice in Chains is every album was a reinvention of themselves. Right. And Pearl Jam is just kind of the same thing over and, and over. All of us, Soundgarden, you, you same I, thing over and I over. I can cover, I can sing Eddie Vedder's part in any song. Oh and yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a singer. I'm not a good singer. Even but he's even flow thoughts arrive like butterflies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, yeah, I. But it's it's like the same thing. But, but no like, one could the pitch that Staley has, and oh god. Well, and in music. When we talk about Alice in Chains and like right. what musicians talk about, they had that heroin harmony. The heroin harmony. You oh, know, absolutely. Oh, God. I'm that. glad you picked this song, too. Oh, this Frank is one of my favorite songs. Up. But God I mean, just. Damn it. Didn't this just make you want to tear something apart? Fuck yeah. And, uh, oh, I'd have been such a better wrestler if this would have been out. Right? When I, uh, when I wrestled. No, you're right. You're right. But the thing is, is when you talk about Lane Staley and his vocals, they would be nothing without Jerry Cantrell because their vocals played off. You called it with the heroin harmonizing. The the heroin oh. harmony and the, the you know, it was, it was all minor harmonies over top of like right. major chords. and it Just was, riffs. You're right. Major chords. It was a big production. They were, for me... I don't listen to any of those bands that I used to from that era, except for Alice in Chains. I will still yeah. listen to Alice. Oh, Chains. I listen to Alice in Chains all the time. We, you know, my band. We we play a lot of their songs. As a matter of fact, I, I've been poorly, known, poorly. I've, been, I've been known for when things are going shitty. I forget who was with me. I think it was Mikey Smith. <laughs> Something just fucking major terrible happened in my life, and an Alice in Chains song was on. I'm like, I don't need Alice in Chains to to, to narrate what's happening in my life. <laughs> and he laughed his ass off. He's like, Holy fuck. Even in even in your darkest times, you find humor. Yeah, and and one of my favorite albums is like Jar of Flies, which right. is all acoustic and and very, oh, God, God. you know, just you know, so good. It's what I would say is it's it's hauntingly beautiful. Yeah, oh yeah, they had some songs where you're just like you know, oh my God, when you listen to it, you can relate for one. You can hear the pain, you can hear the angst, the harmonies, the music they laid with everything, the way that they orchestrated. Oh my God. Yeah. So good. And like, but everything was good. Like the, the, the lyrics were phenomenal. And, uh, 
and and just the the overall everything everything was just and yet i fight these battles all alone but is there any wonder that this replaced this no no and and I really think like you you hit the nail on the head. This was a money grab, right? To throw this band out there, they were just a shit right. band, and you know, so they throw them out there. Let's make one last hurrah, and they killed it, right? But I I think there was also plenty of people that knew way ahead of time. Let's throw out the most eighties thing out there for our last go round. Just and kick then, it, just and then kick it. well, you know, grunge is going to come out. Allison Chains. You know. And I don't, I don't understand why. And I was there; I lived through it. And I loved Alice in Chains even back then. But uh, two bands. There are two bands that I distinct. There are three actually. There are three bands back in the nineties. I distinctly remember exactly where I was, what I was doing the first time I heard them. One of them is Alice in Chains. The other one is Tool. And the yeah. third one, the third one is Deftones. But let me ask you this: third one's Deftones with, with Tool. Are you kind of their last album? I was like, eh. no, their last album wasn't good. But you take anything they did; those first ones, uh, I mean, oh god. And I, I like a perfect circle, but I did not care for the last Tool album. It was like, like this oh, is just, yeah, kind of full undertow, undertow and opiate are just fuck, man. Now, ultimate eighties thing for me, uh, from a musical standpoint, was. And we didn't intend to make this an '80s episode, but here we I'm go. I'm sorry, or a music episode. Um, we're normally we're normally humorous. I'm sorry. Yeah, but well, this certain parts of this. Pay attention, you fucks! You might learn something. Yeah, we're like a Snapple. <laughs> oh, oh wow! The Earth is hot. Ah, and it's round. So, what's up? We uh, so one of my one of my guitar heroes. This this is what made me. Um, actually, I should pull up the song. Go on. That made me learn. Good. How you been, buddy? Um, this is what made me learn guitar. All right. Better. I I seen this on MTV, and uh, I'll fast forward this a little bit. All right. So Steve Vai um, released Passion of Warfare. Mm-hmm. And I was familiar with him because he was a, a filling guitarist for White Snake on their Slip of the Tongue album, which was phenomenal. That's like, good shit. Yeah. By far their best album. Right. Um, and it, a lot of it is because of the guitar work. We love David Coverdale. Oh, yeah. David Coverdale's great. I mean, my my favorite David Coverdale is Deep Purple. But that's my opinion. Yeah. But this is, this is the album that made me want to get good at guitar. And... You listen to he played every instrument on this album. Really? There's no vocals, it's all instrumental, but it is just one of the best. This is Stevie Vai. Yeah, Steve Vai. No shit. Oh, that's badass. Yeah. That's crisp. So I like the crispness. Yeah. I mean now I have Vi guitars. I right. have, you know now that I'm older and can afford them because <laughs> they that's just like us going out and buying all kinds of elaborate, expensive fucking podcast equipment. They, like, they we're start, older, we can afford it. They start at the same price as like a new Datsun. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, this was just... Uh, so this was... This song caught my attention. Right. And uh, I'll let you hear the song that... This is my... This song hit me 
like harder than anything. Go on. And uh, it's just, it is a absolute guitar masterpiece. I just pulled a bug out of my beer. It's all right. Oh, I've heard this before. Yeah. Yeah. This is probably his most popular song ever. Yeah. But it's just, it's haunting, It's but it, it also just shreds through the middle of it. Oh, it's yeah. like, how can you take something, and you listen to like the background music, it's very simple, it's very, right. very, very, very simple. I mean, I could teach you to play the background music to this in about two seconds. Okay, let's do it. And, Challenge uh, accepted. Actually, I need, to, I need you guys, and we need to do an episode where you guys teach me, you or Eric or whomever, to play some shit, because... I promise to try to be a better student, but most of the time I, I guess I, I'm afraid of failing, so I don't want to learn. Cause, yeah, I can foresee that you're going to drift off. Right, I always drift. You know, yeah. I drift. I drift, don't I? I drift big time. I'm going to fast forward into this a little bit, and so I, you can. And hear. I'm a guy who owns a lot of high end fucking equipment when it comes to guitar shit too. You know that. But I drift. I drift. I drift. I've never really learned to play anything substantial. This is wonderful. I can't even think that fast. That's a lot of finger work right there. I mean, I bet you that guy, he probably just finger banged chicks, and they didn't want anything else after that. His his hands are exceptionally long. Yeah, so... Like, God bless anybody who can withstand that. So he would just... He would probably play this song on a woman's vagina, and she would just cause an eruption maybe that's yeah. where van halen got it could be could be <laughs> you know the funny part is is he's been around since like the van halen era but didn't get the i think because he wasn't in a band that was named after him he kind of joined white snake <laughs> as a guitar singer, you know. <laughs> he, he didn't name a band after himself which is one of the biggest like a god rest your soul eddie van halen we love you we know you're a legend but you're also a narcissist and we know that oh yeah well, maybe it was his brother. Maybe it was like, I'm the drummer. We're going to be Van Halen. We're going to be Van Halen, bitch. And he's like, dude, slow your roll. Whoa, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm the drummer. I'm, not I'm, cool. Not cool, man. Not cool. Yeah. Oh, hey, hey, Van Halen, lay down a beat. Oh, nice. Nice. I, hey, nice. I just dropped $300 on cymbals. What'd you do? Uh, I built a guitar <laughs> out of spare parts. Oh, well, yeah, we're Van Halen, fucker. And I painted it with model paint. Yeah. <laughs> I used my penis as a third drumstick. <laughs> Well, all right, we're Van Halen. We're Van Halen. <laughs> you were the- <laughs> so, have you ever heard the isolated vocals? No. To running with the devil. Running with the devil. Go on. I'll I'll, I'll pull this up here, here real quick. I want to hear it. Let's go. It. This is one of the they. You know, because I always said play- running with Tarswell, my friend. I, I miss you, Ryan. Someday you'll come back to me. I hope. I don't know what's going on, buddy. So they used to use part of this on the Drew and Mike show, and I thought it was fake. I love Drew and Mike, so and I've been on their show before. Called in, yeah, yeah, yeah. Most times, I, I one time I think I did. I used to be on the fan all the time, WDFN, because yeah. yeah. I used to drive around working all the time. So I called in when they did their podcast, and they had me on for twenty minutes in the one episode. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. So they thought I was funny. Well, probably funny in like a. They were making fun of me like I'm mentally challenged. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> so this is the isolated vocals from Running With The Devil. Least I don't need Pretty solid, right? Right, yes, so far. I'm living at a pace that kills. Okay. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> is that it? 
Are you shitting me? This is it, though, right? Yeah, this is it. Yeah. And at first, I'm like, this can't be it. And then I go back and listen to the song, and it's like, oh, yeah, all that shit fits. Right. Let me I'll tell you about, all about it. it. I found the simple life. I've listened to this a few it's times. So like, this is right here, it's okay. Yeah. When oh, yeah. But wait until he pulls out. Remember those whistle road. things that you used to go? Yes. No yeah, no he pulls out one of those in the middle of it. And it's on his vocal track, so it's got to be him doing it. It's a groove is in the heart kind of thing. Yeah. God damn it. That's that hard. <laughs> that's hard to listen God to. Damn it, baby. No, I ain't lying to you. I'm only going to tell you one time. How drunk was he when he did that? Oh, God. Probably not drunk at all. Oh, my God. Yes, I am. Yeah. 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 Hold on. I think it's coming up here. It's coming. Ah Oh, my God. That's hard. There it is. <laughs> no, that's the one of those little kazoo things. Those woo things you blew into. Yeah, we yeah, got they had like yeah. little spinners. In yeah, them. yeah, yeah. That's in the song. Yeah. Every, everything else has to be overlaid so much you can't hear it very much, right? No, it sticks out like a sore thumb when Does you know it? it's coming. Yeah, when you know it's okay. So, because I know that when you track things, obviously we've done enough of this, and I've done enough producing that like. You lay things Got in the background nobody. a little bit, right? Yeah. That that adds layers to, to your to what you're doing. Oh, oh and, and they do that when you when you record stuff. Right. You know, people don't realize how much echoes on like a vocal right. when they actually put it. So like here here's the actual song. Right. But like, yeah, the, if you listen to the isolated vocals of a lot of bands, there's so much echo and stuff. You're like, what the hell? Now they hadn't added any of that to his vocals when they, right? Somebody put this out. Well, I've listened but. to the isolated tracks for like some Britney Spears songs before, and I'm just like, no way. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It is there. Wow. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? That just goes to show you what a good producer can do. Am I not wrong here? No, Adam? you're a hundred percent right. Yeah. That's why people hire the same producers over and over again. It's an art. It's it's so producing is more of an art than actually producing the art itself. Doing it, am I? I don't know. Maybe that's a new. Well, that's going to be a new thing I want to talk about. You know, it's funny because uh, speaking of eighties music in the seventies, White Snake released "Here I Go Again." Well, here as, I go again on my own with, with a different producer, and it is a totally different. Song. Oh, it's a disaster! Oh, it's it? awful. And, like, the words are different. And they, they talked about, you know, well, we did this again, and we released it. And I think Bob Rock was their producer. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, hey, you need to change this, and you need to change this. And he's like, at first, we're like, no, man, we're, you know. No, man, that ain't, that, ain't, that ain't true to what we're trying to do here, man. And then, like, they're like, we listened back to a couple of songs he'd done already for us, and we're like, Damn. yeah, we got to listen to this guy. And All he right. goes, when we re-recorded that and redid it, it was like, a totally different song. Like, yeah, of course, totally it's what, the iteration we understand and love today. Yeah. So, like, this is Shine Down. Yeah, back er, isolated vocal track. When you listen to it, it's like, wow, there's a lot of effects I don't hear. Right. You know, there's like eight layers of vocals there. No, I've never noticed. You're right. 
So did he sing this, or did they produce that into it? No, they sing all of it. This so it's is, harmonization. That they're, okay, yeah, but listen to like, all the echo and everything. I'm not afraid of what I have to he's say. He's a good vocalist. Oh, he's phenomenal, and they're so oh. good live. My favorite live show I've ever seen. And, and No, this I, guy, I, I this guy say, from Shinedown, he can sing. He can fucking sing. They're one of my all-time favorite bands, yeah. but and, and absolutely phenomenal. Line, I love this yeah. song too. When you listen to like the layers of all right. the echo and everything. God damn, we need to hire this producer. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> He'd make us sound good. I could well, throw. Well, you a, sound good. I don't. I could throw a har- harmonizer on this. All right, for let's us. do it. Here, I'll throw one on for you. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. But I mean, there's the. We've gone 28 minutes just talking about music bullshit. But I'm sorry, it's it's supposed to be a comedy improv pop. Well, podcast. this was total improv. I no, mean, it's 100 percent improv. But I mean, we've covered a lot of good stuff, like the band that killed the 80s, right? All 80s music. So if you're an 80s, if you listen to Hair Nation in your car, yeah, then you know who to hate now. Then yell at the and radio. They, they played. They played some of that. And also, I can harmonize and with I, Chewbacca. I actually sent. I actually sent an email to uh, SiriusXM and Hair Nation and said, why are you playing the band that killed the genre that you support? Did they, did they respond? And support you. No. No, they didn't. But Fuck I'm sure they Nation. got the message because they took it off. You know... The cat? At my house? I don't know why. Did you kill it? Oh, you lip smacking bitch! That was my that was my that was my tagline for a summer. You lip smacking bitch! Yeah. Anyway, um, you got it. You nailed it. You lip smacking bitch! And that that birthed you, ham fisted whore. Nice, yeah. nice. The ham fisted whore one's a good one because that apply. It has many different applications. Very applicable. Anyway, we didn't cover anything we wanted to cover in this podcast. <laughs> no, we didn't. It's probably time to get out of here. It is. I hope it was entertaining. It probably will. Anybody who is an 80s music fan, which is probably nobody. Yep, still doing it. Just wrapping up. We'll be done with this episode in about 27 seconds. Uh, 31. That's how long that this plays for. Anyway, he's Adam Filkins. I'm Phil Nickel. Thank you for listening to the PNA Podcast Quick Trip. Quick Trip. PNA Podcast Express at gmail.com, pineapplediplearsoul at gmail.com. Give us an email, give us a text, send us anything. We're going to buy a burner phone and let you call our hotline. Why not? Yeah. Hey, make good choices. 